Hey, welcome back to Japan Education、uh, with me, Lawrence Dennis. I'm an English teacher in Kyoto, Japan, and this is the podcast where I discuss living and working in Japan.、Uh, but in addition, I also will discuss any and all things that are on my mind,、uh, things that I'm going through, or j- things that we in general are collectively going through in the world.、Um, it's really hard not to talk about those kinds of things these days.、Um, And speaking of these days, I'm recording today. It is、uh, Sunday, September 13th, 2020.、Um, Actually, this week I am going to talk a little bit less about the news, especially less than my previous English、uh, broadcast. Last week was Japanese.、Uh, I hope、um, you know, if you listened to it,、uh, give it a try. If you are interested in you know, studying Japanese or learning Japanese, this might be a good thing to listen to just because,、um, well, I, you know, I do pride myself on my pronunciation of Japanese.、Um, I have been、uh, complimented again and again. I am regularly complimented by my,、uh, not by, about my pronunciation by Japanese people around me.、Uh, I, you know, I, I don't like to brag a lot, but I do think my pronunciation of Japanese is quite good.、Um, sometimes on the phone, people will often be surprised, like they'll have been talking to me, if I call a restaurant or something, to make a reservation.、Um, I will be talking to them in Japanese the whole time, and then they'll ask me my name at the end, and I'll tell them, you know, my name is Lawrence Dennis. I'm a, clearly a foreign name, and they'll be surprised. Oh, wow. So I, I do think my pronunciation is quite good, but because it is my second language, of course, I do speak slowly、um, in Japanese. I, I speak probably quite a bit slower than an average native speaker. Um, so, you know, if you are interested in studying Japanese, it might be a good thing to listen to. I don't know. But, anyways,、uh, this week, all in English,、um, I'm g o n n a not talk about the news so much just because it's a little bit tiresome, isn't it?、Um, <laughs> and I talked about it quite a lot last time, so I'm g o n n a dial that down a bit. I just wanted to、uh, give a、uh, shout out to people on the West Coast.、Uh, actually, my family is on the West Coast. Or, not everyone, but part of my family is on the West Coast.、Uh, I've got my, my brother and my parents are in、uh, Portland, Oregon right now, and、uh, I actually just talked to them on Zoom this morning. We did a little video chat, and they showed me outside, and it is just I mean, the sky is just full of smoke. It's nuts.、Um, my, my mother said that now the inside of their house actually smells like smoke now, and she's been wearing. A mask、uh, most of the day, even inside her own house,、uh, which just sucks.、Um, so, yeah, it's craziness. These wildfires are out of control. So,、um, God bless、uh, to all of you who are there, who are affected by this. I hope you're safe. I hope you're doing all right.、Um, and,、uh, It's really depressing, so I don't really want to talk about it much more. There's not much to say other than just like, God, I hope you're okay. That's awful.、Uh, it's scary.、Um, we need to address climate change seriously. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. Anyways, let's move on.、Uh, things in the news in Japan.、Um, well, first of all, Naomi Osaka won the、uh, US Open again, second time. Congratulations to Naomi Osaka. The cool thing about that、um, is, like, for Japan, like, she's Japanese, right? 
or you know she she uh grew up in america but she is japanese um and so like japanese people are kind of they're proud of her but she's a she's also black and like that's a a pretty revolutionary thing for japan to have like a famous person who is kind of representing japan in a lot of ways but is black and is not just like fully japanese um that that's pretty cool and um even though japan or or japanese people like to claim that they are a racism free country like japanese people i've talked to japanese people directly face to face who have literally believe that racism does not exist in in japan that it is a foreign uh a foreign problem it's not something that is a problem in japan um but that's bullshit i mean it's a problem everywhere uh, it's problem just as much of a problem in Japan as it is in the United States or anywhere else in the world. Um, and, uh, you know, racism against black people is, is a problem e- even in Japan. And uh, so it's pretty neat to have like a, this cool black person representing Japan who, in addition to that, also, uh, you know, she wore the, the masks uh, every to every game that she played or every day of the U.S. Open with a different uh, name on it of, of someone, who, uh, you know, a black person who has been killed at the hands of police. Um, and, and that is, uh, you know, a, a powerful message uh, for the world, but also for, for the people of Japan as well. It's just, you know, opening their eyes to the issue and... Um, you know, there. Hopefully, more people in this country now, in Japan, are aware of what's going on, and maybe a few more people took the time to like actually look up and and read up about the issues and and see what what it's all about, and and maybe learned something. And I mean, really, even if if just one person learned a little more about these issues, then that's fantastic right but i think a lot more people did because like that that was something that was reported on the news and stuff so um that's really really great um so congratulations to naomi osaka and um i I really respect her for for doing that um and and calling attention to the issue for japanese people who who are probably not uh fully aware um so that's great um that's you know, uh, in relation to discrimination, before I move on uh, away from news topics, uh, I just was like uh, an hour ago reading an article in the Japan Times about discrimination uh, against foreign people living in Japan uh, because of the, the COVID pandemic. Um, first of all, discrimination against, discrimination against foreign people living in Japan has uh, always been a problem. It's something that I have experienced firsthand. Um, and which I could talk about another time. I, I don't want to get fully, uh, deeply into that topic right now because I'm just a little bit tired <laughs> and that is a, a deep, deep topic. Um, but anyways, uh, I was reading an article, just uh, there was an article today in the Japan Times about how uh, during the, the, this pandemic, uh, there has been an increase in hate speech and, and d- general discrimination against foreign people in Japan um, because of fear of 
coronavirus to just you know fear of people bringing the coronavirus into their neighborhood or into their community um and that is uh of course especially directed towards chinese people um but just in general i think it's it's been directed towards all foreign people i've gotten looks uh in japan uh that seem like you know kind of fearful in a way um and when i say like saying this i I mean recently like within the last few months that seem to be sort of fearful um nobody has directly said anything to me or anything like that um i probably experience a lot less discrimination because i am white um than other foreigners do but still it's a real thing and that sucks you know there's shitty people everywhere and uh i wish that weren't the case but um it is and so it's just something that we need to call those people out you know we need to call people out it's not it's not okay to just like ignore it and move on anymore like those people need to be called out and just be you know and I'm glad that there's been reporting done on it, but this is on an English news web- website. I don't know if the same thing is being reported in Japanese or not. That's something I should probably look into. But anyways, uh, that that stuff's depressing. I mean, there's a lot of depressing news, and I, I really don't want to talk about it. I had a good week this week. Uh, let's talk about stuff that's been going on with me, shall we? All right. So, this week was our school's school festival or it's called bunkasai in japanese bunka means culture and sai is a festival so it's it's technically called the culture festival but uh it's not really about like japanese culture or any any specific like country's culture or like global culture or anything it's really like the school culture (laughs) um so it's really just like the school festival that's really the most apt way to translate it um the school festival is something that happens at every school in Japan. Every high school in Japan has a school festival every year. Um, it's part of like the national curriculum. Uh, it is something, of course, each school's school festival will be a little bit different. Um, there will be similarities between the school festivals from school to school, but you know, each school does their own thing and, and they're, they're not going to be exactly the same from school to school. Um, at our school, uh, the school festival, well, okay. So obviously this year is different from previous years. And, and for a while they were questioning whether or not we should even have a school festival at all. Um, they were, you know, discussions about canceling it altogether. Uh, in the end, they decided to go through with it, but a little bit differently from what it would normally be like. Um, so first, let me just talk about what it would normally be like. Our school festival, usually, um, the main focus of the school festival is like performances by students. That's kind of the, the heart of it. There are... Uh, several different stages at different uh, locations throughout our school. We have a couple of gyms at our school, so each gym has its own kind of stage for performances. Um, We also have like a a courtyard at our school, and there's performances there. 
Um, so there are various uh, stages or various venues where performances are happening all day long, um, and uh, the you know the the uh, what the guests, the people who are visiting, uh, as well as students, of course, um, but uh, the people who are there, attendees, that's the word I was looking for, the attendees uh, are free to roam about from uh, venue to venue to watch whatever performances they want. Um, And then in addition to that, there's some other things, like there are uh, little galleries set up, like for artwork that students have done or or things like that, uh, things that students have created. Um, There's also uh, the PTA... Uh, has an area where they set up like a, a bake sale kind of stand and a uh, like a used goods uh, shop kind of thing. Um, different uh, school clubs will put up little uh, showcases of things that they've done or, or you know introducing themselves or what they do. Um, there are also food stands uh, that are run by students. Uh, out uh, where you can go and buy like you know snacks or foods or, or your lunch or whatever like you know a hot dog stand and uh, fried chicken or whatever just like kind of carnival food sort of or the Japanese version of carnival food um, that's that's pretty much it that's that's basically what the typical uh, high school festival is at least for our uh, high school. That's that's what it is. Oh, and and the festival itself also uh, runs for two days. It's we usually have it on a Friday and a Saturday, and the Friday uh, is just for students. So it's just uh, the uh, all of the attendees are only students, um, and they uh, go around and, and watch their own performances. The Saturday is open to the public. Anyone can come. And, you, you know, so people, local people in the area will come, parents and friends of the students uh, will come and, uh, and all that. So it's open to the public on the second day. Now, this year, um, although we did decide to go ahead with the festival, um, of course, because of uh, the COVID-19, uh, it, is a, it was a bit different than usual. Um, first, it was only one day, so we cut out uh, an entire day of festivities, um, which, you know, already the students were not super pleased about that, but, you know, like, what can you do? Like, <laughs> I mean, we shouldn't really be having it at all, to be honest, um, but the thing is, like, the, so, just let me address this outright, like, the coronavirus outbreak has, has consistently been pretty under control in Japan. Um, You know, people in Japan are, uh, you know, very, very willing to wear masks all the time uh, in general. Um, You know, that's not to say that everybody does it, but in general, they are pretty willing to do it. Uh, At least they don't see wearing masks as a violation of their rights or, you know, anything like that. So um, generally, they are pretty willing to wear masks, um, which has been one thing. I, I do think that there is something to the uh, notion that, like, Japanese people aren't super touchy-feely with each other. Now, that if you walk through our school, 
you would see like, uh, first of all, there's no social distancing happening whatsoever. And you would also see our students like, you know, hugging each other, holding hands, uh, like they, they sit on each other's laps and stuff like, um, um, that's not to say that they don't, you know, touch each other and, and whatever. Um, but I, I think compared to Americans, like, I don't know, like Americans definitely hug a lot like any person anytime you meet someone you know you're you're shaking their hands you're hugging them like i think there might be something to that and the fact that that is not really a part of the culture in japan maybe helped to keep the spread of the virus under control a bit more than uh western countries so but anyways um regardless of, of whatever the reason being um the the it has been under control in Japan, more or less. And so uh, life in Japan has pr- pretty much continued as normal. I know I've talked about this before on the podcast, but um, I figure I should just address it for, you know, in case people think, like, I can't believe they would go ahead with a school festival in this climate. Like, yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. I understand, but it also has been under control and life has continued more or less as usual. There have been, you know, guidelines set out um, about social distancing and people are somewhat more careful. And now these days, any place you go, they have, you know, uh, hand sanitizing alcohol spray set up at the door of like every single place that you visit. Anywhere you go, there is uh, hand sanitizer everywhere. Um, for people and uh, so like life has changed somewhat but more or less it is business as usual in Japan Um, so that's why you know the it is weird because like I like I said I was talking to my family on zoom this morning and all of my nieces and nephews I've got uh, how many one two three four five I've got six nieces and nephews and every single one of them is doing online instruction right now all of their classes are 100 percent online they are not going to school um so it, it is weird to talk to them and be like well yeah I'm, I'm going to school every single day like normal i'm in a classroom with my students every single day like normal i mean it's not totally like normal we all wear masks but like it is more or less <laughs> like normal um but anyways okay so back to the culture festival so uh we cut out one day of the culture festival it's just one day we just had it on friday and um it is semi we did it semi open to the public um in that it was only it wasn't open to the public just in general but it was open to parents being allowed to come but only one parent per student so both parents of a student were not allowed to come only one and uh, they had to register beforehand that they were coming and they had to uh, like keep a record of their temperature um, that they you know uh, uh, checked their temperature every single day for two weeks before the, the festival and write it down and sign a paper that said like this is my temperature and i have checked my temperature every day and this has been it this is a a record and i swear that this is true um and they had to do that and and submit that uh before they were allowed to come to the festival so um those were the only 
people outside of students that were allowed to visit. Just one parent per student, and they had to uh, register beforehand and keep a, a record of two weeks worth of daily temperature checks. <laughs> uh, so it was a little stricter, right? <laughs> and um, and then what else? So that was the limit of who was allowed to come. And now let's talk about the events a little bit. So uh, we. First of all, food stands were out, just 100% gone. Uh, the food stands run by students, like, no way we could do that this year uh, in good conscience. <laughs> like, that's not going to happen. So that is already gone. Uh, students had to bring their lunches from home and, and just eat their own uh, lunches. Um, no no sharing of food and, and certainly no food stands. So there's that. Then um, the... Uh, Performances still happened, but they were uh, a little more socially distanced than usual. So normally it would just be like there's a stage and then there's an audience pit area that's just like general seating. Like you can just go. Uh, there's actually usually there's not even seats. It's just a floor and people would either stand to watch or sit on the floor to watch uh, the performance. And uh and so that was the usual thing. But this year, um, they had uh, they put up seats and um, tried to keep all of the seats socially distanced. So what that means is, first, fewer people could go into each uh, you know performance venue, each like gym or or stage area uh, where there were performances happening. There were just fewer people allowed in to the room. Um, so actually at the door of each venue, they handed out like little, uh, ticket kind of things that, uh, just to keep track of how many people had entered it. And then at the exit, they collected the ticket again. So they, they always could keep track of how many people were inside the room, um, at all times. And they could stop when it reached a certain threshold. They could just not allow people in anymore. So that's what they were doing at each stage venue. Uh, but to make up for the fact that there was a limited amount of seating in each venue, uh, they set up cameras in each venue and they live streamed each stage, each performance uh, online on YouTube. They set up like uh, a few different YouTube uh, channels for, for live streaming the events. And uh, they streamed them online on, the, on our school website. Um, but then they also set up like TV uh, projectors and stuff in other places at school where people could also watch the performances uh, from other locations even at the school. Um, so that was um, that, that was pretty much all that w was different about it. There were a few, obviously because it was shorter, some of the usual things that we would do uh, were also canceled. Like usually we have uh, a costume contest, um, but that was cut, that was canceled. Usually we'd have also a, a singing contest, uh, but that was cut. Um, there, there were a few of like the, the staple events that we have that were cut. Like the, usually there's a, a teacher band performance, um, but that was cut. Um, there's, you know, yeah. So it, it's a little bit sad, a little bit unfortunate, but you know, like, what can you do? That It is what it is. Um, 
There were, however, some things that were uh, just the usual staples that were still there. Uh, so one of the things, uh, actually, so two of the big performances that happen uh, at the festival every year are the, um, actually, I should say three, probably. Yeah, three of them. Uh, there's the brass band performance, our school's brass band club, as well as the dance club, as well as the baton twirling club which is kind of like cheerleaders uh it's like they they do baton twirling and also cheer uh cheer dancing also um those are the three kind of biggest performances uh of it and the reason they're they're big at this particular event is because it is the final uh kind of uh performance for the seniors the senior members of each club uh, it's kind of their their last big performance before they retire from the club and uh, and they're done for forever <laughs> until they graduate and, and move on. Um, so like it's uh, it's pretty cool to see them like people get really excited. The audience is always really excited and there's always a lot of crying from the seniors who are like, you know, super uh, emotional about it being their final performance and stuff. But uh it, it is uh, neat. I've got in my, well, specifically in my homeroom, I have uh, how many? Three students that are on the uh, cheer, uh, not cheer, the baton twirling. I mean, yes, cheer, but the baton twirling club. Um, so I went to support them and that was cool. They, they all cried. <laughs> um, but uh, even outside of my homeroom, uh, like I have been with the same grade level for for years now as a homeroom teacher and so like in that grade level like i know a bunch of those kids um as seniors who are uh graduating and and finishing so i know a bunch of the kids in the baton twirling club i know a bunch of kids in the dance club i know some kids in the brass band club as well so uh it was cool to to see their last performance and and cheer them on and um you know I, i'm uh the, the, all the performances were great, and I'm I'm quite uh, proud of them. Uh, I didn't really get emotional, but like it was just nice to to cheer for them, and it made me happy to see them, you know, uh, doing their best, applying themselves to something, and where they're really excelling and doing an awesome job. Um, so, to those students, if you are listening, congratulations on on finishing up, and uh, your performances were awesome, and. Uh, yeah, I, I hope you uh, are, are proud of yourselves because you should be. And that's uh, that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about. So, uh, yeah, if you are interested in, like, life in Japan or, or working in a Japanese school, the school festival is, like, a staple of Japanese culture. If you watch anime that takes place in a high school, you have probably seen some scenes of a school festival it is it is a classic thing that like every japanese person knows about because it is ubiquitous japanese culture every i mean school festivals have been happening for decades at every school in the entire country so every japanese person knows what a school festival is you if you mention a bunkasai or again that's the japanese word for school festival if you say bunkasai, everyone immediately knows what you're talking about and knows like what are the the kind of staple uh, 
um, staple events or, or you know the the things it, it conjures up a certain image in their minds um, and it is something that is uh, universally understood <laughs> among Japanese people so uh, um, yeah that's uh, that's my lesson about Japanese culture today <laughs> and uh, that's my story of what's been going on uh, with me and that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about before I go uh, one other thing I guess I'll say about what I've been doing this week. I spent a lot of time this week um, doing some character creation for Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, I recently, meaning uh, I guess since about a little more than a year ago, I started playing Dungeons & Dragons for the first time in my life. It's something that I've always been interested in, um, and I, I think I've talked before about how I like games on this podcast. I, I am a, a hobby uh, gamer, hobbyist gamer. I'm a game enthusiast, uh, specifically of board games or tabletop games. Um, and Dungeons and Dragons, or D and D, as it is commonly referred to, is uh, something that I've always been interested in, and just never really had the opportunity to get into it and to to actually play with a group of people. But last year, uh, an opportunity uh, came forward. Uh, and uh, found its way to me, and I jumped at the opportunity to uh, play a, a D&D game with uh, a group of people, and we continued it for a year. Uh, we met, uh, let's, I would say we met maybe on average two times a month uh, for the last year. Recently, with the uh, pandemic, it's actually been a bit more than that because we uh, haven't been going out much and we're able to do it online. Um, so we've been doing it a little more often. Um, but we finished up kind of the, the story that we were playing through for the last year. Uh, and so we're about to start a new one, which means I get to make a new character. So I spent a lot of time this week, uh, creating a character, uh, which is something that I actually didn't spend a whole lot of time on uh, the first time around last year because f partly because I didn't really know what I was doing because it was my first time um, but also because I I just didn't really well yeah I mean I guess it's mostly because I just didn't know what I was doing really like if I had known a, a bit more like I guess w what I mean is I had to spend more time figuring out the rules rather than thinking about the actual character itself. Um, I think that's that's where really the, what the issue was there. Um, but now I'm more familiar with the rules and so I don't really have to think about the rules as much so I can actually focus more on the character that I'm going to be playing as. Um, if you're not familiar with D&D, it, it is a role-playing game, so it's kind of, it's basically a, a collaborative storytelling game uh, where you and a group of people uh, are uh, kind of playing the roles of different characters and telling a story together about these characters, and uh, it's specifically Dungeons and Dragons is in like a fantasy setting, so you think of like Lord of the Rings, kind of that style of setting where there's, you know, goblins and demons and, and magic and stuff. Um, but you're, you're telling a story 
about these characters that you create together. And then every once in a while, there are some gamey elements of it where you're rolling dice to see what happens and taking turns doing things. Um, but it's basically, at its heart, collaborative storytelling of a fantasy story. Um, but you, you become a character. You play a, a role of a character. And so I'm making my new character for the next uh, story that we do. And um, it's really, really been a cool experience. It's been a much more rewarding experience this time now that I know the rules more or less and I don't have to think about learning the rules and I can just focus on the character aspects and, you know, uh, who is this person that I'm going to be playing? What is their uh, background? What are their, you know, wants and needs and, and what motivates them? Um, and that kind of stuff. And, of course, what are their abilities as well in terms of, like, fighting and stuff like that. Um, it's It's been really neat. Uh, I'm not going to get into it because it's super nerdy. Uh, it, and I, I could talk about it for a really, really long time, but I'm guessing that most of you who are listening are not really that interested in it. But it's just something that I've spent a lot of time on this week, so I did want to mention it, but I'm not going to go into detail about it um, right now. <laughs> Maybe I'll do like a, a side, uh, a side podcast, a spin-off podcast at some point, talking about it, and I could talk about it in more detail. But uh, that's not this. Uh, if you do want to hear more about it, I suppose you could send me a message on uh, on Instagram. That's the best way to get in touch with me. And uh, if you have a question about anything or a comment about anything that I talked about today, or if uh, anything that you would like to ask me uh, for a future uh, episode. Um, again, Instagram is the best way to get in touch with me. Uh, my username is uh, at Lawrence Dennis. It's my full name, and it is written on the uh, thumbnail for this podcast, so you can see how it is spelled. Um, but uh, I, I do hope you hit me up there and say hello. And I'm going to uh, end this podcast right here. So thank you so much for listening again. And uh, I will talk to you guys next week. I hope you have a wonderful week. Bye-bye.